welcome back to another episode of Bias Check-In. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in. It's your birthday week! It is! Happy Juneteenth! If you're listening to us on Monday, happy beginning of formal summer. Even though Chicago has been melting, everyone has been in a heat wave, we're already over it. And, and let's see if I get it this week. Is it ha- cancer season? Tomorrow. As the episode is coming out on June 20th, we mm-hmm. have a few precious hours of Gemini season. Enjoy it while it lasts. Then it's cancer time. Woo woo. Okay, but let's get into the episode. Now that we've named everything that's happening this week, what are we checking in with Susie? For this week's Back to Basics episode, we want to touch on psychological safety in the workplace. This is not necessarily a concept we learned about in our IO classes, but it should be. Whether your workplace is amazing and supportive or has some room for improvement, you will know psych safety when you see it and very little progress can happen without it. The Center for Creative Leadership defines psychological safety as the belief that you won't be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes in the workplace. So this translates to a shared belief held by members of a team that others on the team will not embarrass, reject, or punish for speaking up. Based on the definition by Kant 1990, which is psychological safety is defined as feeling able to show and employ oneself without fear of negative consequences to self-image, status, or career. In other words, that expression that people sometimes use about being able to bring your whole self to work. Aww. Or, at the very least, knowing that you have the ability to make that choice without the fear of repercussions. Which, admittedly, sounds a little cheesy, uh, but it's also interesting that we come to consider literal safety a plus and not a hygiene factor in the workplace. For those who might have missed it, last week we talked about how the workplace is for many the place where we spend most of our adult lives, so likely even more than with family or friends. But but besides formal and technical definitions, psychological safety might manifest differently for different people. For some, it might be the ability to share about their loved one publicly or to be open about their needs. For others, it might just be the safety of being unfiltered and the ability to express themselves without second-guessing. So, Claudia, how do you define psychological safety? I think for me, the way I see psychological safety and the way it shows is the ability to think out loud and to provide what I call a starter thought um, rather than the pressure to only contribute fully formed, fully fleshed out ideas or else be forever judged. Mm -hmm. This has definitely not always been the case, but I think it works really well. Well, you tell me if it works really well when we can start that creative process together and we can play devil's advocate and also that part as a woman 
the freedom to play devil's advocate to the ideas that co-workers generate, that supervisors generate, and knowing that there is that shared understanding that I'm criticizing the idea to make it bulletproof, to make it better, to make it the best we can do with that concept, Mm -hmm. not to shoot them down or as a criticism of the person bringing that to the table. What about you? I agree with everything you mentioned. Um, For me, anything I would add would be like being open to feedback, nipping negativity in the bud, like, no, this is a process. No one will be judged. We're all here. Um, And then on the other side, being self-aware about the demands and needs of others. Um, If you remember our episode about being an introvert or an extrovert, I think that part of psychological safety for me in the workplace of not being, not having fully formed ideas or sentences to contribute to a meeting, that's what kept me like shut down or like the shy introverted person in the corner of the meeting room. Now at our current workplace, I feel very safe. I could just be like, bear with me. I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. I promise there is a point to what I'm about to say where I'm just taking you for a trip before. Yeah, that's usually me. You're more pointed, I will (laughs) say. But yeah, it's a long way to go from the student who wouldn't raise her hand in Nick's class. And if you're missing that reference, you have some episode to catch up on. (laughs) Go look for our episodes with our guest, Nick Baldwin. But... If you're listening and thinking to yourself, okay, I think my team, I think my organization is doing okay, but how do we do better? One, good job. That's kind of the point and why we (laughs) wanted to talk about this. Um, A note that I will say is that having psychological safety, again, don't think of it in terms of, oh, I like my coworkers. I think they're nice. We never disagree on anything. Mm -hmm. It's the term of saying you are free to dislike your coworkers' ideas and you can express that. Mm -hmm. So again, not necessarily we all love each other. We all see eye to eye, but being able to express dissent. So before we go into the next section of the episode, a quick disclaimer. The internet is full of listicle after listicle, consultant articles. Listicle? A list article. Cool. Is that not like a common word? I've never heard it. I guess I spent too much time on BuzzFeed News. <laughs> but Continue, please. The internet is full of articles, lists, and listicles and recommendations on how to foster psychological safety. We rounded up a few recommendations and tell signs that change may be required, but keep in mind, there is no universal fix all. Just like exercise routines, if it seems too good to be true or it's gonna be a quick fix, well. There are also some solid ways to start working on it though, aside from the listicles. But it will require time, establishing trust, and data collection. I feel like we need to add sparkle there, like data collection. Whoop, whoop. 
pre and post. Part of the challenge is that what precursors to psychological psychological safety might be needed in one organization might be different than what is lacking in another. But if you're ready to start data collection <laughs> and assessing your organization's psychological safety levels, you might want to consider focus on performance. <gasps> For both these and data collection, by the way, anytime I hear you say it, I have that meme of SpongeBob rainbows in my head. Yes. But bringing it back, focus on performance. Um, according to a Harvard Business Review article from last June on psychological safety boosters, and especially if you have to get that initial buy-in for change initiatives, focusing on protecting people's feelings or being better active listeners are not the strongest openers and they're not smart goals. So as a Quick reminder, SMART goals stands for, Susie? Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So when we talk about data collection, measurable goals in all possible dimensions. The concept that people might be holding back ideas, working out of a fear mindset, or they don't feel safe to prioritize results over office politics, is a stronger argument that would convince even the more reticent leadership or team manager to invest some time and resources to increase psych safety. Now, I have mixed feelings about this one. It's cancer season. I'm a cancer. I have feelings. Fine. You didn't even let me say it. <laughs> Self-awareness. No, I'm kidding. I had a feeling you were going to say it. Now, on one side, I see the focus on performance as being very effective, even with some of our clients. It gets that initial buy-in. It gets, it gets us to build the urgency for change. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it is a little bit discouraging to have to use the business argument for psychological safety, much like We've seen and studied the business argument for diversity and it can start as a compliance, a bottom line effort, but the moral case for it is ideally what I would like to be enough to use. Absolutely. But when you're trying to get a buy-in from a large group of people, Really, if it is the business case of are we making money or not, it's a lot easier to quote unquote play with people's feel it. This is going to sound very bad. Get people on the boat with you if you're talking about money than if you're talking about anything else. Yes. It's just that idea of like having to trick people into providing psychological safety or into valuing diverse workforces. It's one of those like, yes, but situations. But I see your point. If that is what will get the food in the door to have a better workplace, that's just what's going to have to happen. It's a better workplace. We all do better. We make more money. Great. 
Um, second on the list is the level at which training and change should happen, team and individual. The team might attend trainings and comply with policies, but without the individual a learning of harmful behaviors and beliefs, efforts are unlikely to go beyond surface level. And eventually, we all regress to the mean of existing office culture or or come up to the same barriers we had before. Think of having a team ready for change, but the leader is unwilling to listen. Or knowing that while we might have psychological safety in some spaces, others are still minefield. Um, are we surprised to see this? No. Is this common? Absolutely. But what about system level? That was one part that I was surprised to not see in the article, but that's also very much the IO approach to everything. Mm -hmm. Individual, dialogic, group, systems. Um, I think that goes with what we were saying, with what you said in the last part of some spaces might be psychologically safe at work, but others are not. Um, one that I think it's okay for me to name is um, in one of my dad's workplaces in the past there was this nurse that would only speak in staff meetings on the week that the chief was on vacation otherwise they would always speak by proxy cool cool cool, cool. because they were really outspoken but only when the chief wasn't there because of that conflictual relationship they did not agree on anything um, and we see that even with some of our clients where very often people will say like, I love my team. I can come up to my team with anything I can share if I'm struggling. The overall organizational level might be a different story. The next one that was somewhat surprising, but I really like it is the idea of having very detailed visualization. So remembering situations in which we are psychologically safe and really focusing on, well, what stood out about those situations? What are the differentiators we might be able to replicate moving forward? So maybe it's having that ally in the conversation, having that other person there, um, or orienting yourself in the workplace differently having structured spaces to ask for dissenting opinions, having structured opportunities to be the devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. um, and just as we perform better with smart goals over just become a better listener, <laughs> do your best. The more details in the visualization, the better. So finding those patterns that really support us. Mm -hmm. And last but very far from least, it sounds simple, but normalizing being vulnerable at work nah <laughs> and this comes from everyone from leadership authority seniority everyone admit not knowing something having brain farts and when someone has a better idea than you celebrate them workplaces are not automatically psychologically safe just because you don't have a conflict of opinion quite the contrary that is a sign that at least someone is listening and voicing dissent. So if you don't have 
anyone voicing dissent, that is a potential red flag. Yeah. There we go. So let us know. Do you like your workplace? Do you feel like there is such a thing as psychological safety? Can you bring your whole self to work? Slide into our DMs. Let us know if you agree with us or not. We will not take it personally. If you don't agree, then we know you're listening to us. See? Dissent. There you go. Slide into our DMs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bias Check-In Podcast. Let's get into a Twitter supportive cordial argument. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm or let us know if you would like to sponsor us. We do have a few spots available. If your argument is a little bit longer, feel free to take it to us through email or on Reddit. You can find us biascheckin at gmail.com user forward slash biascheckin podcast. And we will see you in the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye.